the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Living in God's presence and looking at the example to do just that next on Times of Refreshing. Here in John chapter 8, verses 21 through 30, Jesus tells us that he lives in the presence of his Father, and the actions that he does, the life he leads, is a marvelous example for you and I as we seek to live in God's presence as well. Hi there. Welcome. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well Christian Community here in Livermore, California. If you're joining us today, we're back in John chapter 8, looking once again to verses 21 through 30 to see what it means to live in God's presence. Join us, won't you? Here's our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, with today's broadcast. And so the first thing that I want you to write down here is that we have to keep God's word. We don't want to just hear it, but we want to keep it. Jesus said if we keep his commandments, if we keep his word, this helps us to become more conscious of the presence of God in our lives. And it's important because what happens is the Holy Spirit will constantly bring to our remembrance those things which the Lord has said to us. And it keeps us on point with God. And I think it's important that we, that we realize it's not just people come to church and they hear it, but the, the goal is how can I take what I'm hearing and apply it to my life? I want to get this down in my spirit so it becomes my lifestyle. I want to know about justification. I want to know about righteousness. I want to know about holiness. I want to, ho- I want to know about, uh, uh, about the Godhead. I want to understand who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, Lord, teach me about who you are through the Scripture. I want to know more about who you are. Lord, teach me about what Apostle Paul said concerning you. I want to understand about the minor prophets and the major prophets and the and the Book of Psalms and the. I want to God help me to get into the Word so I can keep Your Word and become more enlightened and conscious of Your presence. It's important for us to do this, that we take time to study. You know, we study magazines, and we'll study the stats of players that we like, and we'll study what ESPN is saying, and we'll study what we're saying in Cosmopolitan Magazine, all this stuff. And we know what house is on the market now, at what price. And we know when they, we get a bling when they reduce the price. And we know about the schools, and we know about the, about the colleges, and we know, but do we know our Bibles? Do we know our, and are we willing to keep what God has said in his word? To stop and say, Lord, I want to keep your word. The more we keep God's word, he says that he would come and he manifest himself to us. 
We're making the investment. We're showing God that we're serious. We're showing God that we're hungry. We're showing God that we're thirsty, that we want to be more aware of his presence, that we want him to know that we're serious about the relationship. We want God to know that we, we love this covenant that we have. Can I preach this this morning? That we, we want God to know that we love this covenant that we have with him. I want to know more about this covenant. I want to understand it. And God said, I'll manifest myself to you if you keep my commands. If we get into God's word and we start keeping what he says. Lord, teach me how to be faithful to you. How to be faithful to my wife. How to be faithful raising my kids. How to be faithful in my church. It's amazing how so many, some people, they, 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 they know how to be so critical of God's church and, and the church ain't doing this and the church not doing that and the church not. Well, you're not reading your Bible because if you read your Bible, you know you shouldn't be talking about the bride of Christ. Saints, we got to get, we got to understand this because this is what God is trying to do. And then God says, I'll manifest myself to you. This is the first thing that we highlight here. And how we're going to become more conscious as aware of God's presence. God takes his word and it becomes life to us. And we live in God's presence. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. We'll go over here. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17. On down to 20. Apostle Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus. And he's giving them the church at Ephesus and he's giving them. Insight into the whole armor of God. And as he talks about the whole armor of God, he gets down here into verse 17. And he says, and take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, look at this. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. He says, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication, he says, for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. He's talking about the whole armor of God and how we're in this world and there's going to be Spiritual battles that we have to fight, principalities and powers and the wicked rulers of the darkness of this age. And a host of wickedness in the heavenly places. And he's he's telling us we have to we have to fight. And, and as we're in this fight that we got to be clothed the right way. We have to have the, the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith. And, and we have to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And, and he's talking about this. And then he says that we have to learn to pray always. Somebody say always. He says always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And what is he saying? He's saying that your, he's basically saying your prayer should be a lifestyle. That prayer should be a way of life. That you're always open to the divine communication because you're continually conscious of God's presence. And for us, it's the same thing. Prayer, prayer, a lifestyle of prayer is going to help us to become more conscious of God's presence. Our private prayer, now watch this, saints. Our private prayer must turn into constant prayer. We can't say, I got to run to my prayer closet. 
We see twice, I think, two or three times in the Bible where Jesus went up to the mountain to pray alone. Most of the time when you read the Gospels, and I'm saying we need to pray every day, and we should have times when we get away and pray. All those things are great. But if, if you and I think that that's the only time that we can get with God, then we're missing the mark on this. Amen? This has to become a lifestyle. Jesus was in the midst of all kinds of people pulling on him, talking to him, trying to trip him up, getting him involved in all kinds of, of stuff, and, 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 and trying the devil, trying to tempt him and test him. And in the midst of all of this, you see, he maintained his connection with the Father. He was constantly in that mode where when people would come to try to tip, trip him up, because it was a prayer lifestyle for him, he knew, oh, you're trying to trip me up. You never see Jesus get too high. You never see him get too low. He was steady in the midst of all the pressures of life and everything that was going on around him. You never read the Gospels and get the sense that Jesus lost it. Even when he made the scourge and he whipped people in the temple, the Bible says he just sat down and he made it. He didn't go off and, and run to a tree and grab a switch and, I'm killing all y'all. No, he, he methodically sit da- sat down and said, I'm getting ready to whoop some people. And so what I'm saying is he wasn't out of control, saints. Why? Because he's constantly in tune with his father. And that's the way that we should be. Because, listen, I want to say this to you, and I know everyone knows, knows this. Life is not slowing down. It seems to me like things are getting faster and faster and faster and faster I mean, you can get up at, at 4 o'clock in the morning and get on the freeway. And have you ever got up and you're just trying to go somewhere and you have to go early and see how many cars are on the freeway at 4 o'clock in the morning? Like, where are all y'all going? It's 4. Life is not slowing down. And because of that, there, there, there's so much pulling, so much information. Facebook and Twitter, internet, all this information. But you see that Jesus was always in tune with the Father. Why? Because prayer became a lifestyle. In making decisions, we have to learn how to pray. And there's times when we need to go off and get alone. I understand that Jesus did it. But then there's times when you don't have time to get alone. you got to make a decision now. But your connection is tight. Can I have an amen? Because you have a lifestyle of prayer. Then what happens is you're conscious of God's, you're conscious of God. God said, don't, don't do that. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, no. Do you need to pray about it? Yeah, I just prayed about it. That quick. God said, no, you need to go ahead and handle that. Jump on that now. Did you pray about it? Yeah, I just prayed about the Holy Spirit. Just don't, I need to do that right now. Their connection is such that your prayer life has become a lifestyle. And we, and we learn, now watch this, we learn to take our timers off of our prayer life. Let me say this, because some of us, some of us, we have our clock. You say, well, I'm going to pray for an hour. Well, what if God wants to talk to you for two hours? Some of us, I want to pray for an hour. What if God says, 
I only want to talk to you for five minutes. Can I have an amen? We learn that prayer becomes a lifestyle and that we're constantly in tune with the spirit of God. We learn that when when it comes to prayer, it's not just about me going through my laundry list. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know what? One of the things that has happened to me, the more I walk with Christ and the more that I'm growing and maturing as a man, one of the things that's happened to to me is that my, my prayer life consists more of listening than it does speaking. That I've learned to, to, to go before God, talk to God, then be quiet and listen. And listen. God, I've been talking for so long. Can I give you a chance to speak? Listening. We learn to listen in God's presence. We learn to stop thinking about breakfast, stop thinking about the job and kids and everything that goes on with life. And we say, God, for a moment, help me to get into the holy of holies. And then once I've learned how to constantly get into the holy of holies, I take that to the grocery store. (laughs) I take that to the mall. I take that, that access that I've gained and learned how to gain, I take it with me wherever I go. So it didn't take me five hours to get a prayer through or to access God. We learn that it becomes a lifestyle and that the connection is, is tight. And what happens then, we become more and more conscious of God's presence. We begin to hear him in a greater way. Amen? And the last way in which we're going to help ourselves to become more conscious is found in Matthew chapter 18. Let's look at this. Apostle Paul said, praying always with all prayer. We learn that this becomes a lifestyle. Matthew chapter 18. Let's look at verse 15 on down to 20. Now we see this initially he's talking about individuals that are caught up in sin and and, and things about uh, of that nature and maintaining relationships. And then as we get down to the bottom, he he hits the scripture that I, that I really want to hit. Look at verse 15. He says, moreover, if a brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. He says, and if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. That if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, look at this. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they asked, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. Look at verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am what? There in the midst of them. Write down the word godly fellowship. This is a promise. And I think this is, a, this is another way in which we learn to become more conscious of God's presence. When you get around people 
that live and are conscious of God's presence, it begins to affect you. And Jesus promises us that when we have this type of dynamic and fellowship amongst each other, that he comes down in the midst of us. So our associations are very, very important. They help us to determine how, how much we're going to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. If, we, if we're around all kinds of filth and perversion and all these things all the time, and we don't get together with our brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm guaranteeing you that what is on people that is defiling them will eventually get on you. You have to get around people that you can touch and agree with, that will touch and agree with you, that are gathered together, that you guys are gathered together in the name of the Lord. And in the midst of that, God's presence comes in. And as his presence comes in, he'll help you to become, you'll find yourself getting revelation in the conversation. You'll find yourself getting insight into the conversation. You'll find yourself getting built up in the conversation and you'll find Jesus whispering in your ear in the conversation. You'll find Jesus in your midst. And I think it's important, saints, that we do this. How often do you spend fellowshipping with the people of God? How often do you go to the men's meeting? Men's round table. A lot of men do this. I'm cool, bro. I don't want everybody up in my business. Well, nobody's trying to get in your business. We're just trying to get you some fellowship, man. <laughs> business. We're trying to get you fellowship. We're trying to get you more aware of and conscious of God's presence. Jesus said he would be in our midst as we learn to come together. It's the same thing for the ladies. It's the same thing. But it's amazing because it... it Sometimes people have a hard time congregating with the saints. And I know sometimes saints can be messy and stuff goes on and sheep bite and and all that stuff. Stuff happens. But I want to say this. If I know this is a a promise, I want to make sure I'm taking advantage of this promise. I want to get around people that I can touch and agree with, that I can fellowship with. And there's going to be stuff that comes up. But praise the Lord. The Lord will be in the midst of that helping us get stuff worked out. And we become more aware. It's nothing like getting around people that you know that have that you know that have God in their life. That man, God is with that woman. God is with that man. And as you're around them, God's presence begins to become more abundantly clear to you. We have to stop and ask ourselves, saints, how often do I spend just fellowshipping with the saints? And fellowshipping with the saints doesn't mean that I have to, like he says this, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. It doesn't mean that we have to have a preaching session all the time. I talk to you guys about this a lot because sometimes we become so religious that we can't sit down and just enjoy each other with somebody having 10 revelations in a dream. I just want to chill out, man, and just talk. How y'all doing? Where'd you get them shoes at, man? You know what I mean? We got to learn just to chill and relax. Just relax. I Sometimes I get that as a pastor. You know, people want to share their revelations with me all the time. I love your revelations, but sometimes I, I, I don't want any revelations. I just want to know how you doing. How your wife, man? How's your kids? Can I eat my sandwich? 
<laughs> can't have an amen, y'all. We're going to preach. Let's preach in the car. But right now, let's chill. We learn to do this. And because in the midst of that, God is still there. He's just there. He's just there. His presence is there. And we enjoy God's presence together. This is how we learn to live. And it becomes, it becomes a part of our lifestyle. As we fellowship with each other. Saints, I, I, I say this because in, in certain countries, there is no this stuff. But they got Jesus in their midst. In certain places, there's no, there's no, there's no children's church like we know it. We go to these other countries, there's not, there's not all the stuff. And, and I'm not against it. I, I thank God for everything God's blessed us with. But there's some churches we go to, there's no, there's no youth ministry. They, they don't have the resources. They don't have the buildings. They don't have. But when you start praying with those people, and the Spirit of God starts to manifest himself, you realize that God's not limited by space, time, or travel, and that God will manifest himself. We go to San Quentin, the power of God is up in there. God's presence, and you learn that, that it, wherever I go, that the presence of God will be there. I pray for people. I remember one time we went down to Southern California. We were in the parking lot across the, the freeway from Universal Studios. My wife was there. We are in the parking lot, and, I, and we, I'm talking to a guy, and we talking, and then all of a sudden, uh, the, the word of the Lord came, started prophesying, the brother fell out in the parking lot. Praise the Lord. He's everywhere. Jesus, Jesus didn't have a church building and, and he was funneling everybody in there. He was walking through the streets because the power of God was on his life. The presence of God was in him. And wherever he went, the power of God was there. Whew, I feel this. Don't you, don't you dare leave Jesus in the car on your job. Say, God, come on up in here. God, come on up here. Take, I'm taking you in the job with me. I'm coming up in here, and the power of God is going to rest right here in this seat when I sit down. And you learn that this is my lifestyle, that God is with me all the time. He's with me. When I'm out there coaching, me and Elder Kenyon and, and Minister Tavis, we out there. Kid got hurt the other day. First thing, we, we over there praying in the name of Jesus. We praying in the Holy Ghost. Lord, touch this boy right now. The trainer came. Man, he was just, you guys really handle that. Yeah, we but the power of God is up in here. We're not playing. God didn't send us over here to score some touchdowns. Can I have an amen? We, try, we want God to be revealed in everything. And saints, it's the same thing for every single one of us. You are the temple of the living God. God said, I will dwell in you and walk in you. You will be, I will be your God and you will be my children. And as we all come together, God continues to magnify his presence. But when we disperse, we take his presence with us. Father, we thank you. That we live in the presence of God. That you have made us your home. And that, Lord, we thank you for your presence that's here in this sanctuary where we meet with you. But, Lord, when we get in our cars, our expectation is you are there. When we go home, 
Lord, help us to get our homes right so that you'll feel welcome in our homes. Help us, Lord, to be people that are consciously aware of your presence at all times. Lord, with our speech, with our feelings, with our decisions, that we're consciously aware of your presence in everything we do. God, we honor you today. God, we love you today. We thank you that we are the children of the living God. We praise you, God, that you have not left us. You're with us. And we give you glory this morning that we are not alone. We're never alone because of you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. You're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925 925- 292-7800. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net, or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message, at 10.30 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless. God bless.